for the Agile community. www.agile.fm Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Agile FM, the first one of 2019, and I'm recording today on the 9th of January with a uh, author, author of many, many books. But the focus uh, today is about one particular book, and that is Bossa Nova, like the dance, and that is with Jutta Eckstein, one of the authors of this book. Welcome to the first podcast of 2019. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you, Johan, for inviting me. Of course, Jutta, you have written a book, and I'm just going to spell it out because it's called Bossa Nova, but um, there's actually a little bit of a longer title to it, uh, just to explain Bossa, and that is company-wide agility with beyond budgeting, open space, sociocracy, and then I like the subtitle underneath that, Survive and Thrive on Disruption. That is the book that was uh, written or published in 2018. Uh, so it's last year. <laughs> and, That's um, true. It's still brand new. <laughs> it's still new, right, in the world. And uh, I just want to um, talk a little bit about this book and obviously other things as well. Uh, there's a lot going on in that title of the uh, book. Several things you have bundled together. Uh, why did you select these topics for the title? I mean, yes, it translates somewhere to Bossa. And Bossa Nova, as I have researched, means new trend, new wave. Very good. Your Portuguese yeah. is brilliant. Yes. That's pretty much all so, there is. <laughs> well, well, one answer I often give is kind of, well, we try to pick as many buzzwords as possible in the title. <laughs> and that's why we ended up with those four things, which isn't really serious, of course. Um, actually, we were looking at um, what does company-wide agility really mean? And... <laughs> Well, maybe the the perhaps not so so happy answer is that agile is not enough for company wide agility. So it, it it's not enough to use, for example, Scrum and apply it on the organization. And I, I know I've seen companies doing that. So you will then find the the board of directors that they appoint a scrum master or they run their meetings with a backlog and stand-up meetings and so on. And this might make their meetings better, but it doesn't make the company any more agile. Mm -hmm. So what we were looking at was like, what kind of perspectives need to be taken in order to have a holistic view on the company. And there is definitely like the, the the one thing, if you look for the B of the bossa nova, the beyond budgeting, mm -hmm. the financial, but also HR perspective, or you could also say the more strategic perspective. If you talk to, to people from that field, they would all let you know, as long as you fix your budgets annually, there's just no way of getting agile with your mm -hmm. company. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really true. And yet it is a different perspective than the one that Agile has. Well, probably almost everyone in Agile says as well, yeah, it's a bad idea to, to fix the budget annually, but we don't have an answer from the Agile community mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. But Beyond Budgeting does, right? So they, they look at this side of the company and are offering different, different mm -hmm. ways. Then, then open space is more um, something that looks, well, 
I would say almost like the the passion side or the people or the innovative power of the people. And uh, one example is uh, very often what we do in companies, we come up with the job description, then we, we look for a person fitting that job description and well, if it's a good fit, we employ that person instead of looking what is the full potential of the person and work with that. So mm -hmm. not using a job description as a box where we put the people in, but more also thinking outside the box with what could the different people offer or bring to our company. And this is more the, yeah, the, the in Invitational perspective that mm -hmm. open space provides, and um, maybe give you an example here. Yeah, so, WL Gore, for example, works like that: that anyone, any employee, is invited to come up with a new product, a new feature at any time. And like in open space, if there are people who think this is a brilliant idea, and I join that person in working on it. Mm -hmm. then it's a go. But if nobody is interested in it, then maybe it's not such a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's, a good, uh, that's a good example. Thank you. Yeah, so bringing open space more to the organizational level. And um, yeah, which is really, yeah, again, using the innovative power of like mm -hmm. everyone in the company. Right. Then we have the S of sociocracy and there we are looking more at like decision making or also structural aspects of the company. And if you talk with people from sociocracy, they would all say, well, as long as you come up with your decisions centrally and as long as you have the power structure not decentralized, Mm -hmm. You will not be able to become agile as a company because you are too slow just in decision making. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they provide answers there with like how to build up, build in feedback in the structure and like in the hierarchy of the organization and how to empower people that they can make the decisions where they are and it doesn't you don't have to wait till decision making process is running up and down the, mm -hmm. the hierarchy right and that's, that's what i like about the uh the subtitles so much about the survive and thrive on disruption because yeah. business is yeah. disrupted at this point right it's been uh, uh, a trend in recent years but there's really no end inside of disruption as a matter of fact the disruption is going faster and faster and more frequent yeah so, right uh, yeah very good that you're pointing this out because, well, of course, we can talk about company-wide agility or business agility and, and all of that stuff just because we think it's a cool idea. But, well, just having a cool idea is is not really the thing. The thing is you want to have it because you need it. Mm -hmm. And you need it because of those disruptions going on and because of the VUCA world we are living in. Mm -hmm. Um, you you made a joke a little bit about the buzzwords of uh, Bosanova, yeah. right? But I, I do want to go back to that because there is uh, another B uh, that could have been used, um, and you're you're using the word co company-wide agility quite a bit. Why not business agility uh, for this one? What's the difference, and why did you purposely not call it business agility 
how does how do these two things maybe for the listeners out there how these because business agility is a word that's floating around company-wide agility as well how do these two things intersect maybe not but uh from your perspective mm-hmm. well i think they do intersect we just felt business agility still doesn't look at the whole company and so like hr mm-hmm. or or any support structures or how the board is operating or what about the bylaws of the company and there is just so much more than just the business perspective of the company. And yes, it is an important part because typically this is the value creation perspective or, or the yeah, kind of the core of the company. But we really wanted to be sure that we provide a, a absolute holistic view on the whole company. Mm-hmm. And that's why we chose that term. And on the other hand, we also had the discussions and, and maybe even still that perhaps it would have been better to write the wave of business agility because it's the thing people talk about right now a lot. Mm-hmm. Yet we just felt it's it's um, too narrow for what we really want to address. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So you wrote the book. Um, um, we're talking about Bossa Nova, but uh, there's also a co-author. I just want to make sure we're mentioning him too. Yes. John Buck, right? And, uh, yes. So he was he was part of that too. He also has written books. Uh, I think more on the sociocracy part um, in the past mm-hmm. as well. Um, you, it's actually an interesting thing about the holistic kind of thing. There are some comments on the on the book page, for example, and people order that. Is like there was a a common flaw. Some people could see around like if somebody who was in charge of establishing company wide agility. They often see that from one perspective, um, and, mm-hmm. that's, and that's obviously not enough. And what if if an organization goes through this and, and they have a person and that person has a narrow-minded perspective based on their experience, maybe in the industry or in that company, what is the flaw in doing this? And how would you set up a, um, an initial company-wide agility program to get all these perspectives in? How would that look like? Well, of course, this is a question that is asking for a consultant's answer, which is depends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry to say that, but mm. this is the, the real answer, but mm-hmm. still I try to answer it. Um, so, well, when we were developing Bossa Nova, so the one thing was we came at that point where we felt, well, probably now it's about time to to tell what to do, really. So after everyone understands what are the principles, the values, what are drivers, and, and what's important, and so on, but then there's a question, okay, now what? And um, the thing about the now what is, well, everyone wants to have a recipe, and of course there is none, there especially is none. not in mm. that role of VUCA and the disruptions, and so it is the depends thing. Mm-hmm. Yet still... What we came up with is that in this world, actually, there's only one one thing you can do, which is continuously probing. And probing, what we mean with that is you look at the context you are in, what are the problems you are having, you maybe look at the probes we are offering in the book. We have 23 probes in there. Mm -hmm. Then you run that probe and you look at what is your situation right now. 
Now, looking at a probe, what it is, is basically it comes with a background definition and a hypothesis, what you might think you want to get or mm -hmm. where you want to be if you make that kind of change. And then with pre-measures, an experiment, post-measures. And um, one of my favorite examples, it's always good to have examples, is um, a probe which we call is trust cheaper. And it um, deals with the thing that we see a lot in companies that employees are, let's say, annoyed very often about mm -hmm. the process that's in place for, for um, getting reimbursed for travel expenses. Right. Right. Good so one. very often those processes are really way too complicated and it's just, it takes forever. And then if you don't do this, then probably you will not get reimbursed and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so, that, of course, we also understand why those processes are in place because it's always the fear of abuse and that if they are not in place, then people will spend all the money, which is actually a kind of a funny funny attitude because on the other hand we trust those people to be responsible for million dollar projects right but then we don't trust them to book a hotel really <laughs> kind of that's a good point yeah. Yeah. but anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's so the hypothesis is which is kind of the title of the pro maybe trust is cheaper maybe if we trust the people that they are sensible in the way they're dealing with travel expenses. Maybe we save more money because we don't have those processes in place, which we have to ensure people adhere to and people need to, con we have other people who control and, and all of that. And also the, the frustration level goes down. So people are more motivated as well because those procedures are not in place. Right. And, and so you can run or define a, a pre-measure and post-measure, for example, about frustration levels with um, travel expense procedures, and then in between run your experiment. And we know from some companies, like um, a really a kind of befriended company of, of mine, so they have just three rules in place, So which could be an experiment you run. So they have these three rules, and the one says... Um, well, if you um, have expenditures on your travels, it has to be legal. Mm -hmm. Well, that's fine, right? I guess yeah. that, that's an obvious thing. The next thing is um, it should be sensible. So whatever your expenses are, they should be sensible, and they are not defining what they mean with it, which is an interesting point. It's, again, a trust thing. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is you should take care of yourself which also could mean anything. For me, it would mean not taking too many connections if I can also reach it, like, without a connection, right, right to get to the place. Mm -hmm. So things like that. And, and they are running everything this way, and it works fine for them. So no other rules and principles in place or procedures. Another company we know, if they actually put it down to only one rule, and it's not only about travel expenses, it's also about anything people are buying. If it's a new laptop or any infrastructure thing, whatever mm -hmm. it is. So the only rule is you have to state 
on the intranet what you're buying or where you're spending the money to and how much you spent there. Mm -hmm. And that's so there's no other rule. That's yeah. the only it's awesome. I, I have an ex uh, experience like this very similar, right? You see, A, you see an empowerment, even on a, on a booking a hotel, right? If, if people are empowered to do this, this, it changes the attitude entirely, right? Yeah. Even though it's kind of a kind of a funny situation, you know, yes. with, the, with the example you just gave about a multi-million dollar project we're on and the company trusts us on that. And then I also have um, an example where um, a company um, had like really a receptionist uh, empowered to order food and it didn't matter what kind of food it was that person had a credit card and put this food on it and no questions asked and yes, uh, right. so very interesting how the the attitude changed and what was the most important thing when I looked at these uh, procedures in place was nobody abused the system mm -hmm. it was very mm -hmm. interesting right uh, just like mm -hmm. common sense I mean you hire these people into your organization and it's like uh, they're your family. Why would they? Why would they mm -hmm. abuse the system, right? And they make good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they make good decisions at that point. Right? So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and actually, I would even say, even if there are people who are abusing it, they are also they are also people who are abusing the system with the procedures in place, mm -hmm. and still probably trust is cheaper because people are much more motivated and not so frustrated. Yeah. Because they have that signal that mm -hmm. they are trustworthy. Mm -hmm. If you can't see your family because you're making too many connections, coming home yeah. from a business trip, right? Negative right. impact on the morale. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. uh, awesome examples. Uh, Utah, Utah is uh, Utah. Eckstein is uh, here with me uh, talking about Bossa Nova, the the latest book on the bookshelf from Utah, um, and. A lot of people know Utah from uh, past board membership on the Agile Alliance. Uh, you wrote several books, many in English and translated into German. You're a coach, you're doing training. Um, you had given a talk uh, a few years ago in New York. Uh, you will be giving a talk in May in Munich. I'm looking forward to that at agilemunich.com. People can uh, check out the program, the rest of the program. And uh, that talk in New York I'm referring to is, uh, I remember that because you were talking about uh, the second page of the Agile Manifesto. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and uh, it was an interesting talk uh, because it was really going after the mindset of agility, right, rather than the mechanics. Um, and that is an important thing for you, right? Um, That's true. Getting mm -hmm. into the agile mindset. Now, how does the agile mindset, the thinking, um, and basically the, the value, the principles behind agility impact Bossa Nova? Oh, very much so. Well, th there's also a reason why we call it company-wide agility and not company-wide sociocracy or something. Mm -hmm. um, well, of course, one reason is also because it's my background and I'm, I'm so agility is kind of, yeah, is where I'm coming from. But it's also because the, especially the manifesto provides, I think, really a, a way of thinking also for company-wide agility. And so what we did, we looked at the manifesto in this case, actually on at the first page. <laughs> mm -hmm. So at the values, not the principles. And we were looking at the values in that way. What do those mean for company-wide agility? And um, without now coming up or yeah, defining yet another manifesto, but really kind of 
translating the meaning of it. Mm-hmm. And some are really straightforward, like at least I think so, individuals' interactions over processes and tools, I think really speaks about self-organization. So this is a value, a company that says we are implementing agile on the company level has to um, adhere to that value of self-organization. Mm-hmm. Then the um, uh, working software over comprehensive documentation, this is maybe the thing that's uh, not so easy to understand, but the thing is the value actually says we really trust in the working software because documentation doesn't really make the status transparent. It doesn't really tell us where we are because in the document we can write up everything, but the running software, the working software is the thing that really tells the truth. That's right. So it actually talks about transparency. Mm-hmm. So that's that value translated to company-wide mm-hmm. agility. Right. And uh, then we have customer collaboration over contract negotiation, which is very straightforward. It just looks for constant customer focus, meaning everything should be aligned to what value do we provide to the customer and everyone should know in the company how it relates to helping creating that value for the customer mm-hmm. and then we have um a welcome change over following a plan right which is actually about continuous learning mm-hmm. because we get the feedback and then we change the plan so that's the, the welcome change kind of thing. And right. so continuous learning is the, the fourth core value. So we still use the manifesto, but we provide a translation for what does that mean on company on the company level and take that as a guidance. And then we looked at, okay, what do those different perspectives, now those streams like beyond budgeting, open space, or theocracy and Mm-hmm. Agile provide for those values. How do they help to implement that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I just want to tell these listeners uh, just listening to the Agile Manifesto, the value statements. I did not. We had no pre-call about this. We had. I had not uh, mentioned this to you. And how many um, out there could just state those four statements? Uh, you know, just <laughs> on, on the fly. Utah, amazing. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I, it's. I really. I take them serious, and I think that this is such a great work, what they provided there. And, well, I know people are talking about, well, it's outdated or something. I think it's not. Mm-hmm. It, it oh, still yeah. has that value, really. Oh, it's, yeah, it's definitely a deep. And I, I do want to go a little bit in the learning aspect as well, right? I'm a big fan of, of open space uh, myself. Mm-hmm. We're doing a lot of open spaces within organizations, uh, sometimes in teams. Sometimes we use it for release planning, et cetera, right? Uh, great concept, but I'm just curious why open space, for example, was called out in, in the BASA uh, piece. Why not? Why not something like Lean Coffee or, or other structures mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. are available out there? What's, what's so powerful and what drove you guys to uh, taking open space even into the title? Mm-hmm. 
Actually, I, I want to start a little bit earlier. So we had those values, and then next thing was actually we looked. Well, first of all, we thought those values are not new: self-organization, transparency, right. customer-focused, continuous learning. It's not that we invented something big here, right. right? So it was a translation, and that's all. And so we looked at um, who is supporting those values, and we found a lot of different streams doing that. Some very specific implementation, which is also a very interesting kind of story, for example, the, the in quotes, Spotify model. Mm -hmm. Again, it's, a, it's another thing we can discuss. Um, then uh, several philosophies like Theory U is supporting things like that. Mm -hmm. um, then we have several of those things which also are now part of the stream, but or some not, like holacracy, for example. Mm -hmm. And then we found some stuff in in the facilitation world, and uh, starting with appreciative inquiry, for example, mm -hmm. also, yeah. And then we were looking at, especially now talking about, yeah, trying to answer your question, mm -hmm. talking about the facilitation techniques, um, we were looking at really proven things. So we were looking if there are companies who really are run by that stream. And we found several companies who use open space as their strategy. And I mentioned WL Gore before. Mm -hmm. They probably are not aware that it's these are really open space principles. I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty sure they are not aware of that. Mm -hmm. But they, this is a company using those principles for really running that way. And there are other companies, Valve, for example, as well, the computer gaming company. Mm -hmm. They also build up on these principles. But we haven't found any company who is built up on or is run by Lean Coffee. You know, they yeah. they use it somehow, but not as a strategy. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason that's the, that's why the, we picked yeah. open space, because we wanted to look at stuff that's proven, mm -hmm. that yeah. we know it's working. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's also like, it scales very nice to a large organization, right, as well, um, mm -hmm. as, a, as a technique there to, to uh, and self-organization. I mean, there's many things you... You learn exactly. about agile by just participating here. Yeah, even if you, yes. if nobody talks about agile, and you just go through an open space as the first time you ever see this, you're learning a lot about um, self-organization um, as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Who should be reading the book if you had to put like a, a an audience out there? Obviously, everybody and everybody should buy the exactly. book, right? <laughs> exactly. Everybody. Yeah, but who that's would be? True. Who would you really say, <laughs> like, all right, if there is a target audience out there, I would love to have this particular role within all mm -hmm. of the organizations around the world. Everybody should mm -hmm. have a copy. Who would that be? So it, this is also an interesting question, and we it it is the first time actually I consciously thought about this while writing or before yeah while writing actually more so and we even created personas mm. very proud of that that yeah. we did that um and the the interesting thing was we kind of thought we really write for the xx c-suite mm -hmm. and 
it is still kind of true, but in the end, for, when we look at our personas, they didn't end up there because we felt that actually the people we write that kind of book for is more coaches, consultants, both externals and internals. So basically more influencers, kind of change agents mm-hmm. in the company and of course you could also say uh, uh, somebody in the CCU or, or XX are change agents but mm-hmm. it's not always the case and it's not often their primary task yeah and so it's really more yeah influencers yeah. how about <laughs> how about middle management yeah well the the good thing with those tropes is you can start anywhere mm-hmm. And that's why it's um, it is helpful really anywhere. And actually, also one of our personas is um, middle manager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very very good. And uh, um, Yuta, at the end of our conversation here, I you have so much experience. Uh, we talked a lot about Bossa Nova, the book, which is out there. But I also wanted to just get a little bit of your opinion uh, outside of the book. The book was written, published in February. A lot of things happened since then. You have a lot of experience. You have a lot of insights through your work at the uh, Agile Alliance, uh, as well as your coaching world uh, you are in. Um, where do you think this whole company-wide agility, uh, let's call it business agility as well, let's call Agile as a, uh, just general speaking, where is our journey going based on your um, experience? Where do you see common trends right now? Where do you think, uh, well, maybe it's the beginning of 2019. How's 2019 going to look like? Wait, I have just to fetch my crystal ball. Yes, please do so. Actually, I can't really find it. Hmm. Hmm. Um, (laughs) So, hard question. Do you see any trends? Probably I can more say what I hope for. And, and on the one hand, I see it also. Well, I still see that Agile is a is something that's positive. I know there are some people who, meanwhile, say it's it's not so positive anymore because there are more and more people who struggle with that. But I still see that it has a, a positive connotation, and companies try to be Agile one way or other, mm-hmm. and. I also think that this is, even if it gets a different name at one point, that it's the only way to really deal with those disruptions going on and thriving those disruptions yourself as mm-hmm. a company to really sustain in the business. Um, yeah, I, I really believe with those kinds of values that's the only answer to that world we yeah. we live in right now i mean there's a lot of teams out there the reason i'm asking is there's a lot of teams out there experimenting with uh, or not experimenting doing agile on a on an it team building mobile apps or building web-based solutions or whatever you know and uh, um but there is this business agility, there's company-wide agility, and uh, that is pretty we're a little bit on the forefront on, on things here. And there's maybe pockets of s- certain things, but do you see that expanding in the near future? Or do you still think like there's this more 
we're still in the very, very early stages, like let's say 2002, uh, you know, compared to the Agile Manifesto, like where people are like trying to understand what that means. Uh, well, at least I think I'm not so early as I was with my very first book. So just, mm-hmm. yeah. just to be clear about that. So I, I published my first book, which was on scaling Agile, in 2004, and that was way too early, and I don't have the impression that this is the case now with Bossa Nova. I, I agree. kind of the, the one thing. Um, the other thing is I, I believe it gets more and more important because of digitalization, because every company is more or less a software company, and because of that, also stuff like Agile is, maybe rolling over companies just because of that. Mm-hmm. The yeah. software gets into the center, it becomes a focal point for yeah. almost every company. Yeah, the software runs many, many companies, are they? even though if their main thing is not software products themselves, but it's like, oh, it's being run. So the impact is, is obviously clear there. But uh, it's interesting that you say that about the positive um, attitude towards um, agility. I always... You know, when I when I hear like you know naysayers or etc. about this topic, it's like, what's the alternative, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think there is any. And if you even if you put another name or a stamp on it and you say let's call it something else, I think it's gonna at least today with today's knowledge uh, looks pretty similar to what we now know as as agile, especially in a complex world. Um, yeah, I want to thank you, and I'm looking forward to uh, May when we have a chance to meet again in person at mm-hmm. Agile Munich, uh, where you're going to speak. I'm excited about that, and we're going to do, and this is the second time we're doing this, so we're doing an open space there as well. That's cool. That is cool, right? And yes. um, thank you for uh, the conversation. I know this was a little bit on the book on Bossa Nova, but I think there was a lot of things you can take away. Uh, from the topics and take an entry into that book or the topics uh, sideways uh, any point or probe a little bit. Thank you so much. Jutta, talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.